الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد Many a time we hear the statement that Islam was spread by the sword. This is a statement which is actually something which is born from the Western intellects to turn people away from Islam and to make people negative about Islam. And this is only part, it is only a It is only a cog in the wheel of this whole machinery and this mechanism to turn people away from Islam and to demean the state of Islam and to lower the status of Islam in the hearts of the people. Well, as time goes on, the statement needed to stand the test of time. So, you find the demographics of the world changed. From that time of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam started with a small effort in Makkah Mukarramah with a lot of hardship, with a lot of difficulty, with a lot of pain, a lot of sahabas, sufferings, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam witnessed there. After this, the Muslims number increased. After that, they made hijrah to Medina Munawwara, a very short history of Islam. After that, they made Hijri to Medina Munawwara. And after that, it was finally established of Islam and the Muslims. From there, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam started inviting people towards Islam. And Islam spread through all four corners of the world. And as time went, there were wars that took place between the Muslims and the non-Muslims. Sometimes the Muslims won, sometimes they lost. Sometimes the Muslims won land from them, sometimes they won land from the Muslims. And eventually, the Muslims settled in certain parts of the world. And before you knew it, we came into this new age, where you find, if not pockets, you'll find mass amount of Muslims living among the, amongst the non-Muslims. Now when we found ourselves in this situation, for example, Muslims in France, Muslims in Europe, Muslims in America, Muslims in many parts of the world. You find Muslims living, living amongst the non-Muslims. They say that they, it is said there's about 8 million Muslims who are living in Germany of Turkish origin. And people who know the statistics know the statistics. Now the statement that Islam spread by the sword needed to stand its test of time. Now you find the non-Muslims witnessing the lives of the Muslims. A Muslim neighbor sees a non-Muslim neighbor as usual, they don't look after their old people. And I heard this from some of my friends who are living, for example, in England. He says that I've got an old man, old lady living next to me. The children never come and see the parents, they come and see them once a year. As far as duties toward the parents are concerned, as far as serving the parents are concerned, there's no sight of the children. So my friend says, these people are so old, he's an alim himself. He says, I'll end up sometimes mowing their lawn. And this is what Islam teaches us. If a person got the qualities which Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam embedded in us, then 
a Muslim is naturally not going to see someone who is hungry and he is going to have his stomach full. He is not going to see someone naked and he is wearing clothes. This is the nature of a Muslim. All thanks to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. All thanks to Allah azza wa jal that they taught us these qualities. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ingrained these qualities in us. So what does Muslims good qualities? And mind you, every Muslim has good qualities. The non-Muslims, what these small, small qualities. And we know that we have our faults as well. In spite of our faults. But these qualities which I'll say are qualities taught to us by Allah and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam so, are so attractive and were so attractive to the non-Muslims that they started taking interest in Islam. They started becoming Muslims. The French government also gets worried that Islam is increasing in France year by year. They're getting worried about it. Now they have the system entrenched in them. The system of democracy that everybody, everybody's got rights and there's freedom of religion. They see that if Islam left in its natural form, left to live amongst the people, spreads like roses amongst the people. The people cannot but be attracted to Islam. So because of this, and because of the certain policies that they put in place, freedom of religion, it started working against them. Because now is Islam spreading by the sword? There is no sword involved. But many people are attracted to Islam, and many, many people are entering into Islam. The woman who is living in France, she is a man who uses her. Next man who uses her. No feelings towards her. They've only got one purpose with her. Then she sees a Muslim man comes along. He wants to do nikah. He is committed in that marriage. She tells her friends about it. Her friends are getting married to They find these people who are committed to marriage, not committing zina. And when they committed to a marriage, it comes with maintenance, looking after the woman. Women are starting to accept Islam. Did Islam spread by the sword? The statement, which is a propaganda, started failing. So their mechanisms, which were always moving, either moving fast or slow, against Islam, their mechanisms started moving fast and started moving in every way. To now, look after our policies in democracy that we allow freedom of religion, but we need to stop Islam as well. Under this guise of freedom of religion, how do we do that? So we start painting, a, they started opening all the floodgates to destroy the image of Islam amongst the Muslims and non-Muslims alike. Because you, you find the media at work, you find the governments at work, you find the presidents at work making statements against Islam and the Muslims or making statements against Islam in itself. Today, although there isn't much time, I just want to touch on one topic. And this topic here is one of these cogs in this wheel to dilute Islam and to make Islam such. The nature of Islam is that it calls peoples towards it. And the nature of a Muslim, if we don't have this in us, we need to bring it into us. The nature of a Muslim is that he calls people towards Islam. We need to ask ourselves, do we have this in us? Do we have this nature in us? Do we, is our tongue working in this way that we call people towards Allah? 
So this is Islam, calling people towards Allah. So part of this is to stop the people from calling towards Allah and to dilute the Muslims. How is this done? This is done to say that all the religions are equal and we need to live and coexist and live in harmony. So this seems very good to us. It seems very good with us. But in actually in a Muslim, it is diluting the person, the quality that the Muslim has in himself to call towards Allah. And mind you, the call towards Allah, the call towards the worship of Allah, one Allah, that is the call, that is the main call. Without this, the Muslim is useless. The, without this, the Muslim's wealth is also useless. If we cannot call towards Allah, we cannot invite towards Allah, our existence in this world is like the existence of the animals. They're eating, drinking, loving, dying. So we'll be eating, drinking, loving and dying. What distinguishes a Muslim from all other creations is he is a caller towards Allah. So this call towards Allah, whether it's in action or whether it is, it is in word, needs to be diluted. Part of the cog of this, of this whole machinery against Islam is that Islam needs to be diluted. So how do you dilute it? Is there any religion which is calling towards Allah? What is left of Christianity? If you can have a Christianity that can pass and abet and give a thumbs up and give five stars to lesbianism and gay, if you can have Christianity like that, what type of Christianity is that? If you can have the Pope saying that there is no problem with gay and lesbianism, whereas it is written in his holy book that this is a major crime. What is left of Judaism? There is only one religion which is upholding the flag of Allah and which is teaching the teachings of Allah Azza wa Jal. And that is the religion of Islam. So what you need to do, you need to dilute this religion and say all religions are equal. We all need to coexist peacefully. And you have your prophet and we have our prophet. We respect your prophet, you respect our prophet. Respect all is in its place. But what happens when a Muslim keeps on repeating this and he keeps on hearing this? The stature of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa comes down in the heart of a Muslim. And when the stature of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa comes down in the heart of a Muslim, then he is, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa becomes like any other ordinary person. He becomes a person who we revere, we respect, but not a person who we call towards. And remember that our najat, our success in the akhirah, depends on us believing in Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And if we make Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam equal to all the other anbiya, whereas Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is the last Nabi, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's religion cancels all the religions before that. Can we say equal? When all those religions are cancelled. When Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam came, all the other religions were cancelled. And if we have in our mind that everything is equal, what will happen to us? Our connection to the quran Karim, the Quran tells us to read Salah, the Quran tells us to give Zakat, the Quran tells us to perform Hajj, the Quran tells us how our belief with regard to Allah Ta'ala must be. We must believe in Allah, we must believe in the angels, we must believe in all the heavenly books. The Quran teaches us many things. If we make Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam equal to everyone else, 
Meaning that their religion and our religion, every religion is correct. It cuts our connection to the Qur'an al-Kareem. Because our connection to the Qur'an al-Kareem is via Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. If we cut our connection to the Qur'an al-Kareem, that means all the laws of the Qur'an al-Kareem, which applies to myself, yourself and mankind at large. Because Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was sent to mankind at large. It kills the da'wah, it kills the call towards Allah azza wa jal, which is in the Muslim's heart. So if we keep on falling to pray to this type of thought, and we keep on falling prey to this type of call, whether it comes from a Muslim or non-Muslims, whether it becomes from a alim or a non-alim, we're going to dilute the high stage of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When we dilute this high stage of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we cut ourselves off from the Qur'an. When we cut ourselves off from the Qur'an, then all the teachings of the Qur'an will very vaguely apply to us. And they will not apply at all to the non-Muslims. Whereas the Qur'an very actively and very alive applies to myself and yourself. And it very actively and alive applies to the non-Muslims as well. So no sooner we, we get caught up in this fictitious statement of coexistence, what happens? We start diluting our, our Islam. And we start diluting the stature of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa And eventually, this can lead a person to start coming away from Islam himself. And eventually, we might lose our Islam. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, close up with this hadith, that why will we as people sitting here, myself and yourself, fall prey to this? Because we've also got some bad qualities in us which we need to fix up. We need to, we need to start doing some intro into our lives. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, the time will come where the non-Muslims will call each other to attack you like how a person calls people around them to come to a plate of food. And the Sahaba was surprised by this because they knew the strength, they knew the Iman. So they said the only time that this can happen is if we are badly outnumbered. So they asked Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Amin qillati nahnu yawma idhin ya Rasulallah, is it because of our small number on that day? Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said, no, but you're going to be a great number. So what is the problem? Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that wahan is going to grip you. They asked Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, what is wahan? Wahan actually literally translates as weakness. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, hubbud dunya wa karahiyatul maut. Hubbud dunya, love for the world. Love for money. Love for a luxurious lifestyle. Wa karahiyatul maut. And the hatred of death. That means we're going to fear death. person living a luxurious lifestyle cannot stand up for Islam, fearing to die. If these two qualities come into you, then you will be useless and you will be useless to Allah Ta'ala. You're going to be like what Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam describes in this hadith. You're going to be like the dirt and the foam that's, that, that settles back with the receding floodwaters. That means that dirt which lies on, on, on the beach and on the shoreline when the flood waters come or when the waves come. That means totally useless. Why Allah Ta'ala has discarded us? Because our value is calling towards Allah Azza wa Jal. Our value is in the value of the iman that we have on Allah Azza wa Jal. The high stature that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam will hold in our hearts. The high stature that the Quran will hold in our hearts. And us calling towards Islam. And that might 
disturb our comfort zone. So why are we susceptible to the call of coexistence and living harmony and peaceful? That means not calling towards Islam and this comes diluted in us. Why? Because we in our comfort zones. dunya. Karayatul Maut. No, we don't want to stand up for anything for Islam. We're not prepared to do anything for Islam. So if these qualities come in us, then to Allah Ta'ala we are useless. So we will be in big numbers, but we will be like a flood sand, that rubbish which is floating on the top of the ocean of flood waters. May Allah Ta'ala save us. With regard to this, this there's a very important uh, jalsa that is going to take place in Stenger tomorrow, inshallah, from Asr to after Isha, inshallah. So everybody should try to attend these talks that's going to take place by our elders, senior ulama of the country, to give spark to our iman again and to encourage us to do all those deeds which are going to take us closer to Allah Azza wa Jal. May Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin.